Greetings and salutations, everybody. My name is Rob, a.k.a. Robbie Diesel, and I want to thank you for downloading this, the latest episode of the Curated Culture. I'm so excited uh, to be bringing you another episode of the show. Uh, We're back from Comic-Con, of course, and y'all really, really had us on cloud nine. Um, All of our Comic-Con shows kind of blew up. Y'all had us trending for a little while, so I want to say thank you so very much. I want to say welcome to all the new listeners. Thank you to all the old listeners. I appreciate y'all so very much. Um, Let's keep this thing moving, though, man. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher Radio or Spotify or iHeartRadio or Samsung, whatever, make sure that you subscribe. Make sure that you drop us a comment. Let us know what your favorite moments or things are. And, uh, of course, always make us uh, leave us, I should say, a five-star rating or review because that will continue to help us out. Tremendously appreciate y'all. Also, make sure you're following us on the socials at The Curated Culture on Facebook and Instagram at underscore Curated Culture on Twitter. And then you can follow your boy personally via at Robbie Diesel on the tweets on the TikToks, on the Instagrams, on the Snapchats, virtually everywhere. Today's show, we have a very special guest. She is Miss Jordan Anise, the daytime drive DJ for a legendary radio station out of Flint, Michigan, WDZZ 92.7. Very, very happy to talk with this young lady. She is a brilliant mind. She's all about progress and progression She kept it super real the whole time, so we had some laughs. We got serious for a little bit. We talked about past, present, and future and what's coming up in her life. So I'm going to stop talking now. I'm going to stop bumping my gums, and we're going to get y'all into the show. Once again, thank you so very much for downloading this episode. I know that y'all are going to enjoy listening to it as much as I enjoyed recording it. So without further ado, here we go. Miss Jordan Anise on the Curated Culture. Jordan, how you doing today? I'm good. I'm happy to be here. Glad you asked me. Glad I could make it happen. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 exciting. I was like, um, not really Facebook stalking, but low key Facebook stalking. And, uh, <laughs> there we go. I was researching. Um, and I, I saw a, a couple of friends of mine actually retweet something that, that you had posted. And I was like, huh, I didn't know that she knew them. And then I jumped on Facebook and we got like a gang of mutual friends. And I'm like, yeah. how, how have I never talked to this young lady before? <laughs> so I'm like, I, I got to, I got to have you on. So I appreciate you um, agreeing to speak with me today. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm geeked. <laughs> <laughs> It, and I, I, I'm so glad that you use that word because I have a, a special appreciation for for saying geeks. So yeah. we're going to get along very well here. So I want to start it off by asking you something that um, I like to ask everybody, just a, a little icebreaker question. And that is, who is Jordan Anise? Um, Jordan Anise is just a cool woman from the north side of Flint. Um, who took her efforts to support everything and everybody in the city and has been able to make that a career. <laughs> That's what it is. Also, somebody's mama, okay? Right. <laughs> That's awesome, which we'll get into that in a second, but I, I, gotta, I gotta tune in to something that you just said, North Side of Flint, where at? Um, I'm 
I was born in, well, I was born and raised on the north side, but we were raised um, right on Genesee Street between, between Trumbull and Brownell. Okay. So right over there, close to Northern. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No <laughs> doubt. No doubt. I, uh, I grew up on Grace off the DuPont. Okay. okay. Yeah, right around the way. For sure. Yeah, that's it. And it's it's funny, man, that, you know, I, I talk to a lot of people and whenever I say I'm from Flint, it's, it's always a conversation that turns to the water and, and the economics around the city. But a lot of people don't know, man, that Flint has churned out a ton of talent. And it's not just sure. in one ecosystem or another. It's like athletes, it's personalities, it's actors, it's actresses, like there's a lot of talent around the city. And I know, um, you know, growing up in the city, you kind of have to find your own way. Um, what do you think it is specifically that allows Flint to be kind of a breeding ground for this underappreciated talent pool? Um, you know, I think it's the grit that you get from here. You know what I mean? At one point when I was a kid and I was in school, like we would come and it would be the hood, but the people in the hood still gave you gems, right? Like it's a whole different ball game now, but like they still gave you gems. And like we went to schools, like Flint schools were literally probably the best choice when we were kids for real. You know what I mean? Like I was thinking back the other day, like they give you core values at school. Like you got, you learn so much if you went to a Flint school. Like I went to Garfield and then Northwestern and graduated from Southwestern. And I know okay. for a fact that at Garfield and Northwestern, I can remember that like us having core values, we would have to like talk about every day. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, and they even taught us to communicate. Like, I don't know if you remember a chart, this chart, but it used to be a chart in elementary school. And it said like, I don't like when you did blank. I would like it better if you, you know what I mean? And I was yeah. like, I think about that stuff and I'm like, yo, Flint schools was really it. You know what I mean? Like our school system was fire. And I see people from different cities and states talk about like, who was your first black teacher? And I see people say like, it was an eighth grade. Well, we right. had black teachers from kindergarten on up. Like all the we way up. So we got to see that, you know what I mean? That representation. And I've always said representation was important. But I think in Flint, because of the grit you get from living in the hood and being able to go to a good school at the same time, um, and then being able to see that representation. We have Black police officers that were from our neighborhoods. We have Black teachers. You know what I mean? We have Black principals. You know what I mean? Female Black principals. Right. But at that, at that point, um, we had like the Black bus drivers, the Black jet, like we saw what that looked like. They own these stores and shit. We was kids and it was, you know what I mean? Like black people owning corner stores. Like we think it was rich. You know what I mean? Like we have rich history in this city. And for us to be able to see that and like growing up in that, I think it just makes us think, it made us think, I think in our generation like that, we could be whatever we want to be. And it really don't have to be limited to hooping or doing music. Like we can own shit. We knew people's daddies who own janitor, like janitor companies and shit. Like that was crazy to me growing up and seeing that and now being grown and thinking back like, no, such and such daddy owned that company. He was coming in to make sure they was cleaning up, but he was going to help them too. Like it was, it was, it's crazy. I think it's, it, I think it's the versatility of the city, man. Like it was a lot, it was rough. But we also had some rich shit going on in the city and getting to see that growing up and then not being stunted. I think that means something. Yeah, absolutely. I, I am. I'm one that always says that, you know, for the majority of us who 
have been able to, you know, kind of escape the the negative side of things, right? Like yeah. Flint always has been the, I don't want to say the main character, but it's been an important character in the story of all of our lives, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of the stuff you just said, we knew Black business owners, we were exposed to Black women in, in positions of power long ago, so we know how to deal with it. And I think a lot of that, you know, is it's been kind of lost on today's generation because they, they don't get exposed to that as much. Um, when you were coming up in the city, was there any one person or people in particular that kind of helped influence you on your way into doing what you do now? Um, you know, just on the radio aspect, um, to hear like Super Dave be on the radio and that be a thing, we like, oh, shit, it's Super Dave, you know what I mean? And then being cool with like Marky Mark, who I know is Mark now, or, you know what I'm saying, LV, who is just like, not just, but who is leveling to me, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, we knew them, like, we knew them, we saw them, we saw what they did, and that was just the hometown influence, right, or what we had here, um, for me to see like, Angela Martinez, you know what I mean? Like from her start to where she is now, like even Lala, you know what I mean? Like Lala started and I'm like, dang, like I want to do this. And I had a thing where when the Breakfast Club first became dope, right? Like I was like, damn, I like their formula, right? Like I may not like them without each other, but I like their formula and to see Angela Yee in her position, I'm like, the formula works. I may not be a fan of certain things that go with the Angela Yee brand, but that formula for the Breakfast Club worked. You know what I mean? Like, and it was just little things like that. And then understanding that watching the Breakfast Club, Angie Martinez and other interviews were the ways that I fell in love with certain artists or even certain comedians or actors. I didn't give a fuck about them people before I seen that interview. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, before I watched that interview and found out we had some connecting points, I didn't care about none of that. But when I watched that, I'm like, that's what I want to do for people. Because we know you own this or you do music, but outside of that, who are you? Right. Like, who are you? You know what I mean? What's your story? And being in my position, you know what I mean? Like, I get the opportunity to be able to create that. Like, I get to do a part where it's like listening to music and talking about, you know, what artists are doing and so on and so forth. But I also get to create a space where it's like, hey, you know, I'm gonna have a couple of y'all come up here and we're gonna talk about the events you got going on and how you got started, type jump. You know what I mean? And it's at the number one, you know what I mean? In the city, the number one station in the city, like the 92.7. Yeah. So that's big, it's a big thing for me. You know what I mean? But that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be able to, listen to music and love music the way I've been living it, the music I actually like, you know what I mean? But also be able to help people tell their stories because I'm not buying your shoes because, oh, it's, you know, Rob selling them. Like, no, I'm buying your shoes because we connected at some point and I feel like, okay, we stand on the same thing somewhere. That's it. I can buy shoes from anybody. Right. And I I think a lot of people don't don't recognize that and realize that there, there has to be, you know, mutual benefit for one but also just just moving the culture forward right yeah um i, I do want to i want to back step a little bit and ask yeah. you because we talked about you know the, the origins of things right how everybody has their beginning do you remember a singular moment in your life or a singular event that you were like okay this is it right radio is for me this is what i want to do with my life um you know, it was when originally I first started talking to Carmen, right? August Wallace. 
And she just was like, yo, you know, she was telling me, you know, that she saw something in me and she really wanted to develop that. Because I had been doing it for a while before, you know what I'm saying? Like I got to this place, but excuse me, to be in a place and it's like, you want to develop this? You know what I mean? Like that meant something to me. I'm like, oh shit, okay. Well, this is the one, you know what I mean? And after it just started to click in my mind, like it already clicked all my friends. They're like, oh, this makes sense. This you, you know what I mean? You've been doing this. It just started to click to me like, oh, I need to do, if I'm going to be in this, I need to do this. I was already like enhancing those skills. Like, dog, this is you. But to have somebody who's been doing it for so long, you know what I mean? Take an interest and want to develop it. It was like, oh, shit, hell yeah. And this is, this is really me for real. You know what I mean? Like, and it's attainable because I think we get caught up in, at least women do, I can't really speak for men, but I think we get caught up in like seeing our friends and being like, yo, you worth that, saying it to our friends, but not recognizing that, no, you too. You know what I mean? Like you too, that exact thing that you thought you wanted to do, but you kind of shied away from because you're like, it'll never happen. No, you worth that. And that shit is happening for you the way it's supposed to. You know what I mean? And that's where I'm like, Every day I'm getting up like, no, you know what I'm saying? Like, you worth this. This is what you're supposed to do. This is what you were made to do. Whatever I got to say to myself to make it click and to continue to move forward. You know what I mean? Definitely, definitely. And how that's that's a really big deal in, in my life specifically. But for you personally, how important is that to have somebody that not only is in the industry, but somebody that legit has your best interests at heart. Like how important is that into, you know, motivating you or pushing you towards your goals and aspirations? I think that it's a huge, you know what I'm saying? It's it's really important. Like the one thing that we learn when we're kids that we kind of be like, whatever, you know, if you're in the church, you learn that, you know, it's important what you let, what you listen to and what you watch. Like those are two very important things. So and that, with that being said, like, what I'm listening to is her, you know, letting me know, like, no, you're good. Like, you're doing this with natural. You know what I mean? Like, let's just find tools and stuff. And hearing that kind of thing over and over, you know what I mean? Or at least things along about, around that nature, it just puts it in me. Like, no, you're good. You know what I mean? It starts to automatically change that negative self-talk. And it's like, no, you're good. You know what I mean? From somebody who's been doing this for 15, you know, however long telling you this you good like and you got a prime time spot like you gotta know you good you're right <laughs> no doubt. you know what i mean yeah and and so now that you are i'm gonna say not even in your prime yet you just getting started right everything that you're doing <laughs> what what are what are some of the things that that you have in your toolbox or in your back pocket that you, maybe you wish you would have known about the industry or just your career in particular when you first started out um i think i wish i would have known how broad it could be you know what i mean and the opportunity more of what the opportunities could be from it mm-hmm. um that line up with it right because i'm a radio host so with that, like, comes not just hosting gigs, but even putting things together and, you know, partnering with people and learning, like, how those things look. Um, some of the stuff I knew, like, the contracts and stuff, I worked for Trademark My Stuff. Like, it's an <laughs> IP law firm. I'm a know about that stuff. You know what I mean? Right. I'm friends with Kiana. Ain't no way. Ain't no way you don't know <laughs> about that and you're friends with her. So that kind of stuff I knew, right? The contracts and saying, if you're going to pay me this, this is what it's going to be all that you know what I mean I knew understood that part but just what it all comes with and then how to even put it all together you know what I mean like because it's cool to be like if you're a radio host you can do x y and z but how do I get to 
the X and Y. You know what I mean? Like, how do I get to that? Because the Z is the radio host. Like, at the end of the day, at the end of everything, this is who I am. So I'm going to be paid for this regardless. But how do I make the other two components work for me? You know what I mean? And in this this space, I'm learning that. I'm understanding that. You know what I mean? I'm just like, I wish I would have known this earlier. But then at the same time, it's almost like, I'm, I'm glad I know it now. Because had I known it then, I would have fumbled that shit. You know what I mean? Long time ago. Right. Now we know it, we move forward in it. Definitely. It's like that, uh, I forget the song specifically, um, but it's like that common lyric, shorties get the game with no instructions to assemble it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's big time. That's it. <laughs> um, how, how important is it for you, you know, having that, that somebody that was, was speaking positivity in your life, how important is it for you to kind of reciprocate that and, and push that out to those that you have direct influence over? It's really important to me, right? And it's really important in an authentic sense. Like, you know how you meet people and they're doing something, you know what I mean? And you're like, yeah, you're just doing anything. Like, what's what, what do you really want to do? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So one thing I always tell people, like, I think it was my question of the day the other day too, like, what do you, what do people, what is it guaranteed that people will miss about you in your absence? One thing you can do, you might find somebody prettier, you might find somebody with a better body, but you'll never meet anybody that's going to support you and be dedicated to the goal you told me you had more than me. Never. You know what I mean? Because once you tell me that and I see it's in you and like, because you, you know, progressing and like doing stuff on a consistent basis, I'm going to push that. And I'm going to speak to that. And when you do something outside of that, I'm going to remind you that, okay, you know what I mean? Like you just knock yourself back 10 days from getting closer to your goal. You know what I mean? Like right. doing that little bullshit you're doing. Like nobody, you're not going to find nobody more dedicated to being a supporter of you than me. You'll miss it if you do. You know what I mean? You might find somebody who's going to pick up certain flack, but not the way I'm going to, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to do it. Right. Do you, do you find in, in this industry in particular, or maybe just in life as a whole, that there are people that, that need those Jordans in their life? That's like, no, 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 you, you for real, you fumbling the bag. I see so much in you, but you need to get that together. Like, do you run Absolutely. into that quite a bit? Absolutely. You know what I mean? Even with myself, you know what I mean? I got a homegirl, like we see each other. You know what I mean? Like we, the way I see her is, is how I'm starting to see myself and the way she see me is how she's starting to see her. That's a whole separate, separate story. <laughs> But before we got to this point, we had to be each other's Jordan. You know what I mean? Like, no, you, you know what I mean? You, you good at this. You deserve this. You know what I mean? And I think not just with her, but just with other people, you see people fumble bags all the time. Mm -hmm. And just as of recently, you know what I mean? In the basketball world, somebody fumbled a bag and we got a lot of back and forth in that argument. My thing with that is you have to see you the way we see you. I don't, it's not up to me to be like, oh no, she was an amazing artist. If she slapped that old lady in the in the, in the line at Walmart, bitch is going to jail. Right. She didn't recognize <laughs> in that moment who she was and she stepped out of character. Mm-hmm. She going to jail. But because we have so much of that right now, it's like, I think that y'all are, a lot of people are hanging with a bunch of yes men. Mm-hmm. And people who see them where they they see you where you at, but they see you there so much and they covet it that they scared to be like you, Barack Obama, but you got me fucked up. Like they right. scared to say that. You know what I mean? Like when the truth of the matter is, yeah, you, you know what I mean? Like you, whoever, you Eddie Murphy, but nigga, you tripping if you think, you know what I mean? Like she ain't gonna tell that you was on some bullshit. You know what I mean? Like right. that's the kind of thing. And then when you don't have other people in your corner to kind of correct that, 
you see that fumble bag. Mm-hmm. And that's what we see in a lot. Absolutely. And why, I mean, not to get too philosophical here, but I, I do like the, the direction that we're going in right now. Why do you think that is? Why is it so easy for somebody to be able to accept those yes men? And, and I feel like sometimes people do know that a certain action or a certain thing may not be in their best interest, but they do it anyway. And then there's yeah. people in their corner that are like, yeah, you should do it, knowing that it could mess up everything that they work towards. Why do you think it's so easy for people to buy into that message instead of like, yo, keep your peace, focus on, on the long term? Because at the end of the day, when you get on social media or even when you look at where the culture is shifting to, like you hear women and people now because men picking up the lingo, but you hear people doing things that sound like and feel like you ain't wrong when that's the fuck that was wrong as fuck. Like you were wrong as fuck. You know what I mean? Like, and it's just because we've gotten into a place where it's like, oh no, she grown. You know what I mean? I ain't gonna say that because she grown. Yeah, she grown, but you know what I'm saying? Like, say something. Stop stop being like, stop being like that. Stop not wanting to have that kind of unity where it still takes a village. Just like it takes a village to raise a child, it takes a village to develop your baby in your business or your brand or your talent. It takes a village of people to be around you and around that to help you mold that. It takes people who have done it, people who have not done it, people who fumbled it. It takes a fucking village to make this work. Because if you think I'm just going to sit with, you know, Carmen, who is amazing, you know, who is winning in radio and not take away something from or something that I've seen or learned from somebody who might have taken the L, then you smoking dope. Like, <laughs> in the best kind. Because the the lose the people who take an L are the best people to get the advice from. Right. I see it a lot of the times where in relationship stuff. And people are like, oh, you're not in a relationship and you're a relationship coach. Like, well, I don't fumble so many bags, baby. I can tell you what I did wrong. <laughs> I ain't trying to coach you. I'm just telling you where I fucked up. Now, if you if that resonates with you, then consider yourself coached. But I fumble so many bags that I can kind of tell you, like, yeah, you might not want to do that. You know what I mean? Or you might want to do it this way. It's, it takes a village, you know what I mean, regardless. And we we talk about our brands and our businesses as if they are our babies. So if it takes a village to raise a child, it takes a village to help mold and create and get into a place of winning with your brand, your talent, your business. And when you only decide to sit around a village of yes men, then you become Hitler. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, you become Hitler. Like, yeah. that's how you are. Like, that's who you are in this moment. You know what I mean? And that's what we get in a lot of people who are becoming fucking Hitler. Right. Because it's a bunch of people, you ain't wrong. And I know that's right. When it's really like, that was fucked up to say. Or, yeah, you should have rethought that. You need to leave him alone. Yeah, I think I think that's that's kind of, you know, the to rewind to a previous part in the conversation. I think that is what's missing today versus what was so prevalent back in the day. Like there was so many people around you like, yo, stay focused on the goal at hand. We need to build this community up or you need to make sure that your business stays afloat no matter what. And it, it's like we don't have that a whole lot nowadays. And it's, it's, it's sad to see. Hopefully, you know, we we can. We can get a couple more Robs, a couple more Jordans, a couple more <laughs> Randalls, some Lev's in the world just to, to rebuild this thing on up because it is most definitely needed. For sure. Yeah. 
So I want to um, I want to switch gears a little bit. And uh, we were talking about it before we got on and, and I can I can hear him in the background. <laughs> <laughs> you are uh, the mother of a young child, for sure. What what's uh, what's your journey been like so far? What is what has parenthood taught you about yourself that you weren't aware of beforehand? Um, parenthood has taught me not to take myself so seriously. Like, girl, ain't nobody worried about you. Like, <laughs> in some aspects, it's like, because with him, my son has taught me that things are going to happen when they are supposed to, mm-hmm. not when you want them to. You know what I mean? Like, with walking, I was sick because all I know is I was walking by eight months. You know what I mean? My mom told me I was walking by eight months. <laughs> he came up to eight months, and that nigga was filled you know what I'm saying? <laughs> up. so I'm like okay I'm getting weary at eight months I'm getting weary at a year then out of nowhere he just up moving walking out of nowhere and it's like I did all of that I got all this gray hair up under these braids <laughs> and it's because I was trying to make something be something and it's like no he gonna develop the way he's supposed to develop and you have to let him do that you know what I mean mm-hmm. like I've learned that you know what I mean I've learned to let people help you um, because I'm a single parent, like single, single, like it's just me and him. So okay. um, I learned to let people help you. Like when you were first time mom and you 20, I was I like 29, 28, 29 or 30 when, he, when I had him. So when you were first time mom and you like, uh-uh, you know what I mean? Like I ain't leaving my baby, but you tired and you tapped out on touch. He was breastfed until he was like eight or nine months so you tap out on don't 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 touch me don't I don't even want you around you know what I mean but somebody else is offering to keep your kid let them people help you (laughs) let them people help you and that just goes over spills over even into your regular life like let them people help you my neighbor our our front yards are like kind of are really close to each other's excuse me, me and my neighbors or whatever, they conjoined actually. So, you know, somebody was coming to cut my grass and like my dad or stepdad would come cut it. And my neighbor started cutting it this, you know, this summer. And I seen him like, hey, you cut my grass? And he was like, yeah. He like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like me and you had a couple conversations. I'm like, she a nice young lady. Her, you know, her people shouldn't have to come all the way over here to cut her grass. You know, you got a son. And then my, at first I'm like, well, you know, I'm thinking like, damn, I paid somebody to come do like, I got a little company, whatever they want to do it. But I'm like, you know what? I can check that money. At first, my real thought was, what if these niggas gonna get my money back? You know what I mean? Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what if I can't get my money back? <laughs> my thought, you know, immediately after that was like, if you paid them for one time to do it, if they don't give your money back, it is what it is. Right. But take that help. You know what I mean? Like that man tried to help you. You can save some money. You somebody mama. Let them people help you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, let them people help you. And that's what parenthood has literally taught me. Like, first, don't take yourself too serious and let them people help you. Do you do you <laughs> find yourself like, um, I don't want to say an overdrive, but do you do you feel like you have a bit of a, of a chip on your shoulder because of the fact that, you know, it's, it's not just Jordan, like you have somebody to provide for so that the, the grind don't stop, so to speak? Um, In a way. But my family, the way I was raised, me, I have an older brother. Um, my family is a village. And, like, they just going to step in. You know what I mean? Like, okay. you can tell them, you know, like, hey, I'm getting ready to have this baby. Your daddy don't want to be around. Whatever the case is. And they just like, okay, well, you know what I mean? We babysitting. We this, we that. You know what I mean? Like, we this, we that. If I need something, my dad, I call my, if I call my dad right now, like, like you know, like, I'm, I'm, I'm short on something. He's going to be like, how much you need? 
and he gonna bring it to me. You know what I mean? Like, so I haven't really, I don't have to. I, I've been blessed to live in a place where even a space where and this is something I think parents, I pray that parents let go of. Like, I I pray they get out of this chokehold. But I don't even have to go to the radio station and be like, I'm doing this for my son. Like, no, nah, because that nigga might want to be a, a pharmacist. I ain't right. doing this for him. I'm doing this for me. So that at the end of the day, when I come home and go to sleep at night, I'm not passive aggressive with my care for my son because I am the only person here. But I ain't mad because I know I got to work this job because I, I got to make money. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and this for you. Or I'm not doing it to pass down to that nigga. Because like I said, he might grow up and want to be a landscaper. Right. And he <laughs> his whole company and he go out and be a landscaper. Like, I want, I, I really pray that parents let that chokehold go. Like, get out that chokehold. Right. Because our kids going to grow up and like my mama used to always say, they going to make you cry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they going <Yeah>. to <laughs> cry. Tears, you know what I mean? Like, so I've I'm blessed. Like, I'm tremendously, tremendously blessed. Yeah, that's that's super dope to hear, man. Because you know, a lot of times the parents do have that kind of um pressure. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. pressure on the shoulders, and it's like, what do I do now? So that I mean, that's super, super duper dope to hear. Um, how does that impact? your relationship with him do you find that because you don't feel that pressure there's more time for you to you know build y'all's interpersonal relationship yeah it is and it's more time to even try this new wave of gentle parenting right (laughs) (laughs) oh it's more time and I think it's a bit more patience to do that you know what I mean at two two can get wild like buddy the other day through my ipad you know what i mean so imagine yeah like imagine imagine that you know what yeah. i mean that response is a whooping like right for sure you know what i mean but i remember like i i had gotten this thing where like i would i would like tap his little hand or whatever and i'm just like i don't want to do that like right. I, I just was sitting down with it and i'm like i don't want to keep doing that so i'm praying and like god brought it back to my remembrance we went to um florida for my brother's wedding while I was pregnant. So it was like in 2019, I believe. And um, his son was two or three at the time. And he had a tantrum and threw my brother's phone. And my brother nice. wanted to whoop him, you know what I mean? So, but I'm like, no, I don't whoop him. So I grabbed him and it's kind of like hard tying him, but I was holding his hands and he started kicking his feet real crazy. So I'm holding his feet at this point. And I'm holding him for like, probably like two minutes. It seemed like forever to him, it was two minutes. Right. probably the length of a commercial so it might have been it might have been more than that like whatever the commercial break was that's how long I hit him and then I let him go after I let him go and put him down he was fine he didn't even remember that he was tripping like that you know what I mean right. My brother, he ain't he not gonna respond to that that whole week I was there every time same thing for me like he was with me every time because mm-hmm. I'm like no, I'm not about to fight you and and you know the broken egg that's a <laughs> restaurant no, I'm not fight you in here but come on like you know what I mean chill like I'm gonna hold you like this today bring me my water you know what I mean like and he was good and I was like yo yeah he brought that back to me God did when I was praying so I started doing that with my son like probably like two three weeks ago so now every time he because he has little temper tantrums or whatever when he gets upset it's too too when he get mad he throws something or try to like scratch me or something grab them hands hold them together grab the feet hold them together and we just kind of sit there sometimes I pray over his little temper tantrum but when we done, it's like it never happened to him. And I'm like, as long as I can do this where you at the most with me, 
then I think I can get a hold on that little temper tantrum. So you won't grow up and be a grown man throwing TVs and shit. You know what right. I mean? <laughs> it turns into like so. As long as I can get this done with me, I think we good. Because like my stepdad is, he's attached to my stepdad like crazy. Mm-hmm. But my stepdad is really good at like you know just kind of grabbing. He has like this little paddle thing and his name on it. All he has to do is really grab it. He don't even have to use it. You know what I mean? Like if he does, it's like a tap on his little leg and it's over, but he barely has to use it. But he's really good at just like stating his authority and my son will just unfold to it every time. Right. So, you know, like the parenting thing is different. And because I don't have those pressures on me and I am so blessed and God has been like rolling out. Every time I think something is going to be like, God is like, no, I got you. You know what I mean? (laughs) Every time. So I think because of that, I do have time to build our relationship. I do have time to um, discipline him differently uh, because I don't have to worry about other things. That's dope, too. That's super dope because, you know, growing up when we did, it was it was all yeah. about the man. My mom was a single mother. So, you know, Mine what I mean? too. me and my brother who were like two, two years apart. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, what I'm saying like and we weren't bad kids. We were kids and every right. 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 <laughs> every right so i understand as an adult i understand what she was dealing with now mind you like i said my family is a village so my dad's family, my dad's mom and dad and then my dad they were still there whatever whatever my mom needed she didn't have to really want for anything you know what mm-hmm. i mean like between her her family and my dad's family and then my dad like we didn't have to worry about anything but we still came from you know a divorce divorced parents you know what I mean so I understood more of it was on my mind you know Mm -hmm. what I mean so that pressure is different definitely absolutely and and I think growing up like that you know my my folks were were split um I think I was maybe six or seven when when my folks split and it's like you can you can see it you can see it on mom's face you may not understand it back then but you can definitely see it and it does kind of shape the way that I parent right now because I'm mm-hmm. a, I'm a little more sensitive both to how my mom must have felt back then, but also understanding like how my kids felt and knowing that you know they're coming up in a different age than when I came up in. Like I'm one that I think that kids now may even have it a little harder than what we did because they got social media and they don't really have the time to nurture that innocence. It's like fast track to maturity right away um how how do you how do you find um your system to kind of balance that you know nature versus nurture with your son and you still got a little ways to go because he's he's still pretty young but (laughs) you know one thing about my baby like I used to always see people say like you know I'm gonna take away the iPad after a certain amount of time or I'm gonna do this and I don't have to do that like if my son takes the iPad he'll probably sit on the iPad for 30 minutes and then after that he's where the ball at i'm about to open the bag of chips and put them all over your living room like let's go outside. <laughs> let's go outside let's he my son is acting you know what i mean and i think it, it goes back to like my stepdad my mom my dad like them when he with them they go outside you know what i mean they go outside they play and catch with the ball in the house which i want to talk to a manager about because we could have never yeah. whatever <laughs> but, but you know what I mean like they playing with him he sees that and then even with me I'll get up you know what I mean like even even on days I don't want to mm-hmm. I'll get up and be like let's go outside like if we come home 
I get off at seven. So I'll get here probably like 7.30, 7.45. Before I close the garage, me and him will do like a, a walk around the neighborhood and then I'll come back and we'll close the garage and go in. Just so he can get, you know what I mean? Like we outside, we're gonna get some fresh air. We're gonna go play in the park. But my son is, I have not had to snatch it from him. And like, I've noticed even he, he adapts to what he sees me do, really. So if he see me like this, then he like that. Right. But, you know, on my phone, then he going to be on electronic. But if he sees me like writing or cleaning up or something, he going to try to mimic that. Mm-hmm. So there, there it is me trying to sometimes put my phone down and put it away for a minute so he can see me not always in it. You know what I mean? Like he journals with me at night. I'll be like, I don't want you wow. to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Cause that's like my time. I'd rather you do your own thing. Right. But if, when he see me set up, I got like this little tray. When he see me set up this little tray, and I set my phone in there and turn music on, and I'm right. He'll come right over there, and I take a piece of paper out of my notebook, and he'll just write with me. You know what I mean? Right. Like my son is. He not stuck on that. He liked to read. He'll bring me a book. He liked for me to read to him. He'll bring okay. me a book. <laughs> you know what I mean? So he not stuck on that. So I really don't have to force that balance. You know what I mean? The hardest time is when it's time to take a nap, though. Mm-hmm. And you still on it. Like now right. I gotta take it from you and you're gonna be mad and I'm gonna have to just let you cry yourself to sleep. Like, but other than that, we don't have we don't have that issue that much. That's dope. That's dope. So I uh I have enjoyed this so far. We we've covered your your origin story, we've covered your early <laughs> beginnings, we've covered Jordan, the the village member, Jordan the mother. And now I want to discuss Jordan, the personality. Um, You are working at uh, one radio station and then made the move over to in Flint, what many would consider the radio station. Mm -hmm. And and you have become the voice of of that radio station. What was was that like when you got that call or that email like, yo, this is really real? Man, so... It was crazy to me because I'm just doing my thing, you know, just really being me over at the other radio station. And um, they had something open, you know what I mean? Like they had that opening. I went for it, you know what I mean? And I was like, I didn't have everything I needed though. You know, like you need a, um, I forgot what it's called, but it's like a, a resume in radio. You know what I mean? And basically they want to hear a couple breaks done. You have to do a recording with a couple breaks. They want to hear you, how you, you know, on the radio, they want to hear you. Right, your cadence so, um, and stuff like that. Yeah, so Carmen helped me put that together. And I was like, that meant something to me. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh shit, that's dope. You know what I mean? Put this together, bet. You know what I mean? But <laughs> um, yeah, they had that open and they saw something in me and I was like, I already know what this is. You know what I mean? You ain't got to tell me. I talked to um, um, somebody else who's been on radio for a while, Eugene Brown. He's over there in 92 as well. My mom was like, I need you to talk to him, you know, before you make the switch, you know, our parents can get. Um, so I'm like, okay, bet. So, you know, I talked to Eugene and he just was telling me like, this is a good move. This would be a good, a great move for you. You know, you and, you know, you have a son. There's a bit more stability in that, you know, in making that move. And these kind of opportunities just don't come all the time. He was like, you know, you got people here who see you, they believe in you. And that's coming from Cumulus Media. You know what I mean? Z92.7. So he was like, I think it's a, you know, the right move. You know what I mean? So that's all I really, I didn't even need that, but that's all I really needed. Or, you know, saying so that's the last piece. And I was like, okay, well, you know what I mean? We're going to go with the process. Right. 
So I trusted, you know, I went ahead and trusted the process. And there were, you know, there are those feelings of like, oh, should I be doing this? You know, because they gave me an opportunity here. And but it's it goes back to me talking about my friend from earlier, you know, the, my homegirl. She's like, no, like, bitch, you deserve this. You know what I mean? Like, you work for this. You know what I mean? Like, you better yeah. do what you need to do. Right. And I was like, bet. And it's so crazy because I was getting this opportunity and she was getting an opportunity um in austin texas you know what i mean like at the same time so while she's telling me like you the one i'm telling her like make this move you, ain't got no, you know what i mean you ain't got no kids you ain't got nothing but the cat you and that cat go you know what I mean? right so both doing this for each other but yeah like that's that was it man like that conversation with him just kind of sewed it up for me like you know what i thought all those things but that confirming thing and then that trust he has in that in the company and cumulus media was like okay, that means something. You know right. what I mean? So I'm going to go ahead and ride with this. That's awesome. That's It's, it, it's funny because so many, and I, I'm glad first and foremost that you didn't buy into the, you know, the self-doubt that creeps in because yeah. so many times, you know, as I, I like to call myself a creative and I know that you are, I see that you got your hands in so many different things. Sometimes as creatives, you know, you do kind of let that, that self-talk get in there. Um, do you do you have like a specific person? I know you mentioned your homegirl. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have a specific person outside of her, or is it just her that you go to when you are starting to have those moments? Like, man, I'm really not sure about this. Or do you have like a whole support system around you? Um, you know what? Like, I've learned to lean into what I believe. I have a thing for uh, which is God. You know what I mean? So, I have a thing for motivational speakers, right? So Eric Thomas, he has a, I guess, a motivational speaking album, if you will, that came out in 2015 called Dr. Thomas. And I listened to it religiously. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But in one of those tracks, he says, like, you got to lean into what you believe. You know what I mean? Like, you have to lean into that shit. Like, you can't you can't go outside of that. At the point where you go outside of that is where you start to question everything. Like, you got to lean into it. So when I first heard it, I'm like, yeah. Okay, cool. But as time has progressed since 2015, when I heard it, I'm like, this shit means something. You know what I mean? Like you have to lean into that. You gotta really, you believe in God, like you gotta lean into it and you gotta trust it. So while I have friends like her, you know what I mean? I have a homeboy who is the no different. He's like, oh man, like you you deserve this shit. You supposed to have this. You know what I mean? Well, I got friends and family that's like that. I also still lean into, you know, to God and to prayer and to meditation. And to getting quiet and like being still in those moments, you know what I mean? Like turning off social media or at least putting my phone in a different room where I can have a minute to where I can breathe and mm-hmm. just kind of hear my own thoughts and like space them out. Like, you know what I mean? Separate them shits because all right. your thoughts ain't good. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you got to right. separate the ones you don't need and find them ones you need and be like, okay, them the ones right there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Definitely. And, and it's, it's important that, that we all, you know, have those systems in place to do that for sure. Because a lot of times that's when those really, really great moments, those great projects get lost. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I'm curious. Um, radio is one of those, one of those mediums now where, you know, you, you hear somebody say radio and you think in today's digital age, like people don't really mess with it as, as often as they used to. Um, but you are one that I see you 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 bridge that gap really well between the radio um, medium and social media itself. 
Um, Is that is that something that you do intentionally? Like, yo, I know that, you know, not too many people check for this side of things so far. So I got to make sure they see me over here. Or is that just part of your brand, part of your personality? That's a part of my personality, man. Like, I'm always going to merge. You know what I'm saying? I'm always going to merge what I love with what I love. You know what I mean? Like, always. It's nothing. You know, It'll never be a time when I won't. Me and my friends were just, one of my friends was just talking yesterday. And she was saying, like, you know, I know I can't mix my friend groups. And I'm like, why not? Like, nigga, I mixed y'all on purpose. Like, everybody that's in a group, in this certain group chat, me, it's, it's a bunch of girls. They're all connected. They were all connected to me. I was like, I'm tired of telling y'all shit individually. Like, get in this group chat. We all finna be friends. We done took trips. They done took trips with me, without me. Like, this how I'm always mixed what I love with what I love. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I love social media. I love branding and, and, my, and guerrilla marketing and all of that. Like, I'm always going to mix social media with what I love. So to be able to go to work and do what I love every day and then hop on social media and make you a part of that and give you a reason to get in your car and leave that ox alone for a minute is it's like that's just me merging what i love you know what i mean right. i mix friend groups i'm gonna mix this shit like we going this is gumbo like what's up <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's always that's always dope to hear always <laughs> and and this you know we have now we have this like media overload right there's so okay. many different things that people can pick and pull from um how do you find your voice, your individual voice, your individual direction in this giant sea of content? Um, I, I try to make it Jordan for sure. You know what I mean? So when I see something um, like the Roe versus Wade situation, you know what I mean? That's something that I, I talked about on air, but I just gave them the facts in that one mm-hmm. because I still believe and miss the times when we didn't talk about our political standpoints and what we made and our religion and shit. I miss it. I miss it right. so much yeah. <laughs> because I feel like we've talked about it so much now that we've become, we've gotten too far. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like we got way too far. So, so when I do stuff like that, I'm just telling the story, right? I'm not getting up. I'm not saying how I feel one way or another. That's not my job. You know what I mean? My job is to give you that story. But if I'm on some celebrity shit, you know what I mean? And I see that um, Cardi B lost her wig in Norway and she kept going. I'm going to tell you Cardi B lost her wig in Norway. And then I'm going to get on there and be like, and you better keep going because that's what I paid for. Like I paid (laughs) to see you on stage. I don't care if your wig fall off. I don't care if your heel breaks. Take the motherfuckers off. You know what I mean? Like Like, that's how I'm giving that. And I just think, I think in anything, being authentic and being who you are on the regular is just important. Like, that's what's going to get you that demographic that ain't going to be able to get away from you. All these gimmicks about you got to be like this, you got to look like this. No, you got to be you and you got to be confident in being you and you got to push that. And the people who supposed to gravitate to that will. And the people who act like they didn't gravitate to it are lying because authenticity, it speaks to you no matter who it's coming from. Mm -hmm. I don't have to like you, but if what you said was authentic and it hits home, it's going to hit home. No matter how I feel about you, the individual. Absolutely. Being being yourself and being genuine in, in in this specific medium is that shit is so important, right? Yeah. It, like there's there's not ever going to be another you no 
you could try to duplicate it you can try and replicate it you can't there's not ever another you so i i really i love that response and i love that answer i remember i was driving in my car the other day and i was i was cracking up at you sharing the story about how excited you were for the um the b2k documentary okay <laughs> because while i don't listen to bump 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 no more yeah. i'm all about the tea because when they was out jay boog was it for me you know marianne got the career whatever but mm-hmm. i was in it with them you know what i mean like and i actually liked everybody except for Raz b until they started talking like once they started talking I was like, okay, I still like Wood, but you other niggas, y'all is chatty. <laughs> y'all are the chattiest things I've ever seen in my life. But to see that we thought Omarion was unbothered, but this right. nigga was bothered enough to make a five-part docu-series and let us know this this is the real. Right. Thank you. I'll take it. <laughs> Taking it, because I need to know. The next one I need is for Destiny's Child to do a whole docu-series on the start to where y'all at now. Like, yeah. I- know the latavia and uh and latoya story i need to know what like happened to farah i need to know you know i need to know like all of these intricate details even though beyonce probably ain't gonna never allow this i mm-hmm. mean that's it so the people that like b2k was important in our upbringing yeah. they had a thing you know what i mean like they was them niggas at one point so for them to have issues like this and now we get a docuseries hand me the tea because i'm right there. You know, you know what we need to do. We need to get you in front of somebody from uh from Lifetime. They just need to hear your pitch and let you yes. go ahead and produce that joint. Because I'm ready. Whatever <laughs> I'm prepared. Absolutely, absolutely. So I gotta I gotta ask a couple more questions before okay. we before we get ready to wrap up here because I want to respect your time. Um, so you've accomplished a lot already in, in a short amount of time. But as we said earlier, you are just getting started what are some of the things that you know you're looking forward to accomplishing or things that you that you want to achieve that you haven't yet done um I want to write a book so I'm getting ready to start that um actually I already started it I just haven't like officially talked to anybody in publishing or anything like that but um I want to I want that to be out um at least you know I'm saying by the end of next year Okay. So that's something that I've already started doing. Like I got stories and stuff formulated. It, it's all just my life. It's not like, you know what I'm saying? Other people shit. No, it's stories that of mine that'll of be course. like, you know, putting the order or the way I want it to be put or whatever. Um, I want to do that. Um, at some point I want to be a paid speaker, man. Like I want to be paid to come and speak to people. You know what I mean? And not, it don't have to be something that happens all the time. Give me two times a quarter and I'm good. Like, right. but I feel like I have something to offer. I absolutely have a love for like women, but then I also have a love for like the youth. You know what I mean? I love the youth. I think that um, I literally believe that they are the future. And because I know I had so many people who, you know, who would like pour into me. Like I was telling you earlier, black teachers, black principals, black people who own shit. Like, you know what I mean? We had all that pouring into us. I just don't think they have that now. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think I've seen the generation before mine take food off our plates, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And decide that they 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 supposed to stay in these certain positions that's going to die with them. Mm-hmm. And I want to be able to go to spaces and places and talk to those, you know, those youth and let them know that, you know what I'm saying? Like, that ain't, that ain't where I'm at. You know what I mean? Like, and I know people who not there either. So y'all need to attach yourself to these people. You know what I mean? So that's, that's a goal for sure. Right. And then at some point I want to be a part of somebody's morning show. 
I think that'll be fun. I just think it'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah, and so, those yeah. those morning shows, those those are the cornerstones cornerstones of radio right now, man. Yeah, those, I love that's... I love a good morning show. You know what I mean? Like, not I I wouldn't do like the Breakfast Club type of joint. I think that's a podcast in the morning, sure. Which I you know saying it's cool, but I mean like your fun like radio shows. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Molly or even Steve. I think Steve Harvey's is pretty fun too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But something like that, I want to be a part of that kind of mode. Yeah, the, I don't hear a lot of people talk about him a whole lot anymore, but this man held it down for decades. Like, Tom Joyner was that guy. Oh, yeah, guy. Like, Tom Joyner was that nigga. Like, it's your world. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> on air. And we used to die to listen to that. Like, I used to hate if I got to school before that came on. I was yeah. like, like, what are you doing? Like, yep. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, so it's, that's, that's the, and that, to me, he created that culture to me. You know what I'm yeah. saying? That's true my opinion but i want to be a part of something like that something creative like that you know what i mean like those things that i i want to do man yeah nah man it's it's your world specifically that shit held down a whole city it held a whole city captive for a minute had us in the full nelson you hear me Man, that show was that that was bonkers. I I do miss that, but yes, that would that would be good. That would be good to see you in a position like that. And if it's something that you you gonna want, then I can definitely see you doing it because you speak yeah. you speak truth to power. So we gonna we gonna say that that's gonna happen. That's yeah. the next step for you for yeah. sure. <laughs> Jordan, thank you so very much for being oh. on. I I tremendously appreciate it. You are wonderfully authentic and genuine. And I love that part about you. And I, I pray and I hope that you keep it up for sure. Um, where can the people find you on the socials to keep up with you and your journey and your, uh, entrepreneurial magic? (laughs) Um, you can find me pretty much everywhere has the same name. So it's Jordan Anise on Twitter. It's Jordan Anise M on um instagram and then on facebook is jordan niece everywhere (laughs) solid solid thank you so very much for being on i tremendously appreciate it and uh, we gotta do this again man because we i feel like we could have talked for like two more hours yeah i would have kept going you would have (laughs) asked you told me you had more questions i would have kept asking well that (laughs) that just means you got to come back then facts (laughs) i appreciate you thank you so much no problem